2: I'm Tyrese Maxi, and you're listening to the 76ers Insiders Podcast.
1: This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network, presented by Stern & Cohen Law.
3: Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. Suffering an injury at work can cause physical pain, but also great uncertainty about your rights. You need to retain a workers' compensation law firm that is a winner like our Sixers. A firm that gets some of the best settlements, but is also willing to go toe-to-toe with the insurance company. No settling on the cheap. This is Philly. We have grit and fight in us. Call the workers' compensation law firm of Stern & Cohen or visit their site, SternCohenLaw.com. The consultation is free. Stern & Cohen are the official partners of the 76ers. They'll go ring the insurance company's bell. Welcome back to Sixers in Sixty. Tuesday nights on 97.5 The Fanatic. Weekly discussion about the Philadelphia 76ers. That would be weird if I said a different team on a show called Sixers in 60. I'm Matt Murphy along with Nick Stauskas and Lauren Rosen. We're about to hear from new Sixer Cam Payne who will join the show. And it's that name is fun to say because I sometimes write Cam Payne as the NBA season. And that is his name. So he's a 40% Shooter on the campaign.
1: The campaign campaign. And I did check with him ahead of the interview that you guys are about to hear. He does prefer Cam over Cameron. I gave him the opportunity to be Cameron Payne, but he wants to be a campaigner. And I'm cool with that.
3: That's great. That is actually good to know. I, I wrote it up as Cameron a bunch of times so far. But campaign talks a little about Tyrese Maxey. He also talks a lot about the logistics surrounding the trade from the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Yeah, that was cool. And obviously, you guys are going to hear the interview shortly, so I don't want to spoil too much of it. But I asked him to sort of take us from point A, waking up in Milwaukee, at his place in Milwaukee, to to point Z, which was sitting next to him courtside in Cleveland. Um, And he went... A to Z, which was awesome. He talked about finding out, um, when finding out turns into something official, when something official turns into getting on a plane. And my favorite part, the last part I'll summarize, was that he and Buddy Heald actually carpooled to Philly via private plane, but he took off from Milwaukee, stopped in Indiana to pick up his buddy, Buddy, and then the two of them. Took off and joined us in Philly. It was it was a whirlwind, and it was cool to hear about it sort of firsthand.
3: Well, yeah, let's let's hear it from campaign, and then we'll get the NBA vet Nick Stauskas' experience with this type of situation. But here is new Sixer Cam Payne.
1: Cam Payne joining us on Sixers and Sixty and 76ers Insiders. Cam, first of all I gotta know these last few days in your life, can you sort of take us inside the progression of waking up in Milwaukee to going to bed in Philadelphia and playing in your first Sixers game?
2: Um it was it was it was it was pretty crazy. Uh that, that, that first day, um, I was chilling in my crib, we had a shoot around in Milwaukee and I was getting ready to play against Minnesota and um, you know the trade deadline ended at two. It's about like 1 I get a call and my agent like, Philly, we going to Philly. Um, and it was like, wow, like, 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 like I was just in shock for probably a good like 30 minutes, just constantly on my phone, like, has it dropped yet? Then I seen Pat Pat Bell drop the news. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, so it's it's real. Uh it's it's me for him. Cause at first I didn't know who 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 for, if anybody was coming with me. Uh so I was just kind of shocked right there and um, I kind of really just sat on my bed for like an hour, um, and then uh, my agent was like, "Okay, uh, somebody from the Six is about to call you. Uh, they said they about to send a plane to come get you. Uh, go and get ready. Be ready at six o'clock." And I was like, "Dang, six o'clock!" I just started scrambling, started <laughs> finding random stuff to pack. Uh, Make sure I grabbed my video game, my headphones, though. Um, then we got on the plane, uh, went to Indiana to pick up Buddy. <laughs> Uh new, Newly acquired Buddy Hill. Same with me. Uh, we on the plane just chatting it up like, uh man, bro, we sixers finally. Buddy was like, man, I can't believe uh, I finally got here. I've been trying to get to Philly for a minute. Uh Man, we kind of just chopped it up, uh, watched a couple games on the plane on the way. Uh, then got to Philly, and it was super late. Had to get some rest. Um, my agent was telling me, hey, you playing tomorrow. And they ain't got that many guys. And I was like, what? Let's get it. So then I wake up to all these messages. Uh, Cam, take your physical. Cam, take your physical. And I'm like, Cam, take your physical, man. I'm trying to play tonight too. Um, but then, but that next day it was crazy. I had to wake up early, get a physical, uh, so I can get cleared to play. Uh, we had to shoot around at like 4:30. Uh, got like five, five or six plays. Uh, man, got everybody name. I'm still messing up people's names. Uh, but then we had the game. I ain't had no shoes. It was it, it was it was kind of crazy. My shoes were late. They didn't make it. They probably just now getting to Philly. Uh, so I had to wear a brand new pair of shoes. I started for the first time. Uh, my first time getting 20 points. Uh, so in my in my in my meeting, I was like, man, shout out to Pat Bell, man. Forget his physical done. So I had to use that little reverse psychology. <laughs> so I had to shout out to him. Uh, but outside of that. It was it was pretty smooth. I've been traded before. This was probably I say the smoothest. Uh I got traded when I was younger and it was way more crazier. Uh this time I'm a little bit older. I, I, I knew what was going on. I knew all the things I needed. Uh so it was it was pretty smooth transition. Wish we would have won the game, it would have gave gave a little cherry on top. But uh it was all good, meeting the guys, got here safely, played a pretty solid game.
1: Listen, if we learned anything from physical gait, it's that when a team loses a competitor, sometimes they gain another one. And both of y'all wanted to get out there for sure, for on the sure. court.
2: Yeah, we were we were, we were both eager to get out there. I could tell just by that tweet he made. Uh, so I was like, all right, let me make sure I bring it tonight uh, so I can make sure I hit him back with this. I was going to tweet him. But I was like, nah, let's wait till after the game, see how the game go. <laughs>
1: fair enough campaign you said you picked up buddy healed in the plane from mm-hmm. so we start in milwaukee we yep. fly to indiana then we fly to philly yep people don't really understand how this NBA life works. It moves so quickly uh-huh. when you land in Indiana to get Buddy. What are the first sort of things that you guys say to each other?
2: Uh, oh, well, well we, we kind of know each other. Uh, but but first first thing, we was like, man, this is crazy, bro. I was like, bro, I just came from Milwaukee, bro. 40-minute flight came to pick you up. We on the real taxi service. <laughs> but it was pretty dope. That was my first time being a part of something like that. Uh, get on the P.J., going somewhere then going somewhere else to pick up a team so, so that was pretty cool. i better to tell people when I get
1: a little bit older. And then here we are on your first road trip as a you 76er, getting to know Tyrese Maxey, who's returned to the lineup. Mm-hmm. After your first game, you said that you thought you were quick, but then you watched Tyrese Maxey, and he is quick, quick. <laughs> What's it been like to be up close and personal with him now for a few days?
2: Nah, it's, it's super cool. Um, from, from from the outside, you know, you always hear, like, that man always smiling, always got good energy. Now that I'm up close, like, yeah, he got that. And, 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 and that's good to be around. Uh, Cause I'm pretty much the same I love having a lot of fun I like to keep it light L-I-T-E uh, So everything is cool and fun But nah, he way faster than me A lot of people call me Turbo Like that's my nickname Cause I play so fast But him he like turbo squared. He, he he goes so crazy. He too fast. Uh, but, nah, shout, shout out to him. Big time all-star. Shout out to the all-star, man. That's all-star maxi.
1: <laughs> all-star maxi indeed. So from one turbo to another turbo, we're <laughs> grateful to have both of you here. Appreciate. Campaign, thank you so much for your time today.
0: Uh, thank you. Appreciate you guys. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
4: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
3: All right. Thanks again to Campaign. Lauren Rosen, thank you. Matt Murphy, back with former Sixer. Nick Stauskas, and a lot of that was trade talk with campaign coming from the Milwaukee Bucks on deadline day. Something that you, Nick, are quite familiar with. And
5: for those who don't know, what is it? The record? What is the record that you hold? I believe unofficial because I, I someone may have
1: because someone told him this one time, so, so he believes that it's true.
5: Well. When it happened in 2019, <laughs> I was told that I was tied with Luke Ridnauer for most times traded at one trade deadline. And okay, so then I believe the number was four. And I, so I got traded four times in, uh, I believe, like 55, 60 ish hours. So I went I was in Portland. Wow. Got the got the call. Well, not got got word that I was headed to Cleveland.
1: How did you get that word?
5: uh after practice we brought it in as a team one two three family whatever and then i was going to my side basket to shoot my free throws and the gm uh goes hey um do you have a second nick i got to talk to you real quick and this guy never talked to me he just i was never really that much of a priority so i'm like oh something's up sends me to cleveland So,
1: what you're saying is you said one, two, three family, and then someone informed you that you were no longer part of the family. They cut me. On four.
5: They cut, on four, they cut me from the family and shipped me off to Cleveland. And this is post LeBron Cleveland, so it was not a good Cleveland situation. So, we get, I get there. And they had a game like the next day and they go, uh, don't dress tonight because, you know, we we might still be making moves and we're not really sure. And I was like, oh, OK, great. So I sit there for the game. This is days later, right? This is like the next day.
3: February 4th to February 7th had gone uh, be- by between the Cle- Cleveland trade and the next one.
5: Well, I believe I was technically on the Cavs for like two or three days. Yes. Oh. And so I had a practice with them. But you when, sat on the
1: bench. You and sat on the bench. In street clothes.
5: Yes, in street clothes. And then um, I got word a couple of days later, I was in the hotel, got word the night before trade deadline that I was traded to the Houston Rockets.
1: What hotel? You were in Cleveland staying in a hotel or you were on the road
5: with the I was the in Cleveland okay. at a hotel. And then so I, I called my agent. And I was like, oh, so I guess, OK, so I'm flying to Houston tomorrow. And he was like, well... No, not really, because I think Houston's making more moves. So just stay put. Tomorrow's trade deadline will know more when you wake up. So I, like, go to sleep that night in Cleveland, a member of the Houston (laughs) Rockets— And I wake up and checking, I'm like refreshing Woj's Twitter page every like 30 seconds because that's how I was finding, that's how I found out about the Rockets trade. It was through Woj. So I'm like, he's the fastest source. And so sure enough, I was actually taking a shower and my wife was in the hotel room. Like she was like laying down in bed and she goes, oh no, it happened again. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she was like, we're going to Indiana. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, Woj, Woj just said you got traded to in Indiana. So I, I like run out the shower. I get my phone, call my agent. I was like, okay, so Indiana, like that's where we're going. And he was like, uh, well, no, I think uh, he was actually, I think Indiana is going to waive you. So like technically you're just going to be a free agent. And so I was like, all right, well, like just can you, someone please tell me what's going on here. Like I, I need some kind of like clarity as to like where I'm going to end up in all of this. And so I went that whole day pretty much just like a free agent in the middle of the season, which was very weird for me. And the next day, I can't even make this up. I'm still in Cleveland. And now I'm like getting you've been mad. on
1: three teams, but you've been in Cleveland the whole time.
5: But now I'm getting mad because I'm like, why am I here in Cleveland of all places? <laughs> like, can I go back to Toronto or like Philly or something? Where I feel like, like other people have probably
1: friends? said that while sitting in Cleveland before. But come anyway. on. Well, just saying.
5: And I mean, it's, yeah, it's not, and it was winter. It's cold. And so sure enough, I get a call from Kobe Altman, who is the general manager of the uh-huh. Cavs. And he go, and I'm a free agent. He goes, Hey, Nick. Um, he goes, where are you? And I was like, I'm at the hotel that you're paying for. Like, why? What's going on? He was like, well, like you're a free agent now. And like, when we traded you, it really wasn't anything personal. We just like had to get the draft oh picks or whatever. And he Bring was him like, back. He was like, do you you know would you be open to just like staying extending here in cleveland? your stay? and i was like you know what that would probably be easiest that i just stay here like i, I already have all my stuff here it's just gonna be much <laughs> smoother if we do that so you know ended up staying in cleveland but that was my trade deadline story which was pretty wild so the record holder for most times traded at one deadline nick stauskas I, I believe I
3: believe so. Well, you share it, apparently, with Wade Baldwin, potentially, because well, he was in all these trades with
5: Wade you, according was, to basketball Yes, reference. Wade was in all these
3: trades. High school so, teammate of Carl Anthony
5: Towns at St. Joe's Metuchen, Wade
1: Baldwin. Was in the hotel with you as well?
5: Um, I, like... It was weird. I like just didn't end up seeing him that much. Because I don't know. he was
1: also probably going through it yeah, while you he was were. Going yeah. Through it.
5: I also forgot to mention this part of it, that my wife when so she was my fiance at that time. We were engaged. When I was in Portland, she transferred from Delaware Law School to University of Oregon Law School to finish out her last year. And so she was left with the choice stay in Portland by herself and finish out law school or chalk up the whole school year and just come with me to cleveland she chalked it up and came with me to cleveland and it was uh it was definitely just like a very tough time which a lot of fans maybe don't understand like all the stuff behind the scenes of like these guys that have families and kids and their kids may be in school there's so many other factors that go into it that a player might not always like seem happy at the very beginning when he gets traded because it's like it, you're shocked, and then you're all of a sudden putting your family in a tough position too. So, um, hats off to like these teams though that are able to kind of coordinate it and like make the transition as smooth as possible. Um, but for Cam and Buddy, I feel like these are great, great situations for them in, in Philly here.
1: Yeah, it's overwhelming, and I'm glad you said that because think about it. Even again, just let's put this in context of the Sixers with Cam and Buddy last week. They've played in three games as 76ers here sitting on Tuesday the 13th. They've played in three games as Sixers, but today was the first time that they stepped foot in the practice facility, their own practice facility. That's amazing. And Cam was like, it's pretty nice. He was like, it's pretty nice in here. So if you think about it, Thursday is the trade deadline. Friday is the day that Famously, everybody's getting their physicals done on all sides of every trade, as you just heard campaign talking about. But they get those physicals done and go straight to the arena where the team plays and then departs immediately post game for Washington, D.C. So at this point, these guys have been in like four cities in like 24 hours, right? Because you're bopping around from wherever you started. If you're uh, if you're campaign, you're making a stop in Indianapolis to pick up your buddy buddy and keep going on to Philadelphia. So they go through the whole day. They play in the game. They get on a plane, they go to DC, they wake up, they play again to get on another plane to go to where were we just? Cleveland, famously, as was Nick Stout. Nick, there? <laughs> Nick <laughs> was still <laughs> in the hotel five years later. But when you think about all of that moving, right? And those are just for the players who both have families. And obviously, I don't know what their situations are in terms of like dependence, but there are other people when someone who's important in your life gets thrown in this sort of Washing machine, hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it, going city to city to city to city, and you no longer live wherever you lived seventy-two hours ago. It's a lot. And so credit to those guys to bring it back to to where we started this conversation for playing really well in these first few games after a whirlwind of a deadline and, and hearing about your experience only further proves what a what a whirlwind these these days can be.
3: Matt Murphy, Nick Stauskis, and Lauren Rosen here on Sixers in sixty and Cleveland is a fitting City for this discussion because that's the Sixers' most recent opponent. That was the Sixers' most recent opponent as they snapped the nine-game winning streak. The Cavs had won 17 of 18. They did, the Sixers did it without four starters in that game because Tobias Harris was scratched. So an impressive win any way you look at it for the Sixers. Buddy Heald was a big part of it. And, Lauren, his warm-up routine has already caught our attention because he gets out there early and to the arena quite early
1: he sure does and it's an interesting thing because he sort of had this reputation right because we've seen buddy healed as an opponent over the years if you've been in philadelphia like we have for a few years uh famously wanting to get out on the court And, and as people know there's flyers games that take place in the same building sometimes concerts sometimes there is no court to get onto. but buddy wants to try no matter what which has really been cool to see so for context, everybody goes over to the game a couple hours before. There's usually three. There's sort of like a heated arrival, right? Three different buses. Bus one, bus two, bus three. But even bus one does not leave early enough for Buddy Healed, who likes to leave over an hour before bus one does, to just get onto the court and get reps. It's one of the first things he said to us, Matt, on his first day in in Philadelphia, talking about wanting to get onto the court because the 15-minute little window that each player gets to warm up ahead of each game, he feels, is not enough. A, because he wants to feel super prepared for the game, but B, because he just loves being out there. And it was interesting to sort of, tie a few themes together he said throughout the craziness of the trade deadline he was anxious all day and all he wanted to do was just get out onto the court to have that peace and so it's been cool to watch him do that now for a few games but the preparation that he puts in before every game I don't know how he doesn't get tired before obviously it's working for him I'm not questioning the strategy but he is out there sweating he's putting up shot after shot after shot I got to watch just part of it uh, ahead of the Sixers big win in Cleveland that we've been alluding to but he really puts the work in it's been awesome to see and and great to see how much he loves the game
3: one play that Sixers fans really are pointing out from the Sixers Cavs game is a skip pass that Buddy had just the quick decisions he makes he, he gave it to Council on the other side of the floor who missed a three he like relocated to the corner gets it back falling away hits a three like adding that element to the offense where quick decision making but also his shooting prowess I mean here on February 13th 2024 he's got 1855 threes he's 22nd all-time in nba history a 40 percent mark but that play and anything else from the cleveland game what did what did you see from nick from the sixers
5: well i think for buddy specifically uh what's impressed me is how seamlessly he's fit in in terms of chemistry and just making the right plays and right reads out there with these guys. A lot of people might not uh, fully realize how difficult it is to be picked up and dropped onto a new team in the middle of a season and not knowing maybe the plays and the style of play and just fitting in with the overall chemistry. It's difficult. It's something that I really struggled with you know, being traded in the middle of the year. So for him to come in – And again, make those kinds of quick decisions and reads and find the right guy at the right time. That's what's impressed me most. And going off of what Lauren said as well, I think it, um, you know, someone like Buddy, who's you mentioned top 25 all time and three and three pointers made that doesn't happen by accident. And so hearing these stories about the preparation and the work ethic and the joy for the game, it's. It's refreshing to hear that because I think a lot of these kids growing up need to understand that these guys that they see playing at such a high level, it doesn't happen by accident ever. It's always because of the preparation, because of the hard work, because of the love of the game. And so uh, I've always been a fan of Buddy Heald, but that was just a cool story to know that, you know, he's just that dedicated to go out there every night.
3: And he has the added motivation of wanting to be... A role model for kids in the Bahamas mm-hmm. as well, which I'm sure plays a part in it. And I don't think he learned all of the, the plays that Nick Nurse likes to run when he played for him in the Rising Stars game at All-Star Weekend a couple years back, whereas Campaign knew the plays by name because he played in Milwaukee for Adrian Griffin, who was Nick Nurse's lead assistant coach in Toronto. So he came in with more knowledge of what the Sixers like to run, did Cameron Payne. But Oubre and Heald had 24 against Cleveland, nullifying Donovan Mitchell's 36. The Sixers hold on to win 123-121 for this fantastic 30-second win that we've been talking about. But it did get interesting down the stretch. I mean, they were, were up double digits after the Oubre three, and then Nick Nurse has been going to this intentional foul up by three, which I agree with. I don't... Do you also agree that if you can get it quick enough? But... You got to make your free throws on the other side as well, which they missed one. But
5: it's uh, the intentional foul when you're up three. It's it's really difficult because guys have gotten so good at sometimes trying to shoot it while you foul them yeah. and anticipating that. So if you can safely do it without that, I think it is the right move. I just think in today's NBA, they're everyone's so smart, uh, so well scouted that it's becoming more difficult to do that but yeah the last minute 30 seconds of the cleveland game was absolutely wild and just crazy that it could go from 10 points to one point in the snap of a finger and uh give credit to the Cavs for you know fighting and having that full court press and turning them over uh but that one possession where they got all the offensive rebounds the Cavs Mm -hmm. did and you know, three after three after three, and then finally Mitchell was knocked yeah. it down. I uh, I was it was tough to watch, but glad that the uh, the Sixers were able to pull it out. Shout out to B Ball Paul for that incredible defensive play on the on the last possession. Um hopefully many more of those to come. He was jumping with joy. I and, saw and <laughs> Mo Bamba, yeah. his
3: his backup at this point in the season, running over, one of the first people to congratulate. Paul Reed at the end of that Cleveland game and you hear it on these these airwaves all the time Tom McGinnis when when the Nick Nurse team Nick Nurse led team is intentionally fouling up by three Tom is always adamantly saying get to him quick get the foul before he even tries to to shoot the ball so that's what they've been doing in these situations like Utah and Cleveland this year this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global Some of the the clutch play, Lauren was Ricky Council, the fourth who took pride in those free throws that he made at the end of the game. They needed every single point in the two-point win.
1: A really special trip overall for Ricky Council, who, of course, had his career high and first career double-double 19 in Washington, 19-10. And, and, um, and then rose to the occasion again for the second time in as many games in Cleveland, down the stretch, two free throws. It was funny, after the game, Tyrese Maxey gave... Ricky counseled the fourth a lot of credit for making both of his free throws because between the pair of them, there were four clutch free throw opportunities down the stretch. Ricky made both of his while Tyrese split his one and one. Um, But then cool, of course, to hear Ricky also talk about it because he's a confident guy. He's been working in order to get to that point of confidence. Um, But the way that he discussed his clutch free throws down the stretch in Cleveland, he said this is the moment I have been waiting for. Honestly, that's what I said to myself. A big shot to help us beat the number two team in the East? I wanted those so bad." Um, and cool to see him step to the line. He said that he was able to to execute similarly uh, in the tournament during his time in college. So he hadn't, he has been in a clutch free throw shooting opportunity before. Uh, but he was gratified and, and cool always, of course, to see hard work pay off in that way.
3: I'm going to take credit for reminding him about the March Madness performance. I love that for you. On... Take the
1: credit. <laughs> Why not? <laughs>
3: Nothing to do with his free throws. But uh, at Summer League, he was on the 76ers Insiders podcast. And He told me that he works on free throws all the time when he's tired, and he either goes 9-for-10 or 10-for-10. If he doesn't, he starts over. He went 10-for-11 in Arkansas's upset of number one-seeded Kansas last March, 5-for-6 in the final 23 seconds of a tie game for Arkansas to beat the Kansas Jayhawks, and then they played the eventual champion, UConn, in the Sweet 16. So he's only that little removed from playing in big-time college games, and now he's doing it at the NBA level for the Sixers. I think he also, I mean, there's got to be some, I don't know if there's motivation when he's playing in the NBA, but he should have been in the G League All-Star game, which is at All-Star weekend, the up-next game, somehow was averaging 25 and didn't make that game, Ricky Council, the fourth. But that leads us nicely into Tyrese Maxey's first All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis, where he will take part in the Skills Challenge. So let's talk about these competitions. We'll get to the three-point contest and the dunk contest, but there are three teams for the skills, and it's a team full of three top picks, Anthony Edwards, Paolo Bancaro, and Victor Wembanyama. Team Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner, and Team All-Stars. Trey Young, Scotty Barnes, and the Sixers' own Tyrese Maxey. Let's get Lauren's pick out of the way early for this one.
1: He said, let's get it out of the way early because we all know who Lauren's going to pick on this one. And if you've ever listened to me over the last three-plus seasons, at least, you know that I'm going to go. I can't go against young Tyrese Maxey, who will be appearing in his first All-Star game the night after, of course. But I love the Tyrese maxey Scotty Barnes redemption arc because if you were watching... Tyrese's Rising Stars performance, Uh, you would know that he and Scotty Barnes really struggled in a similar skills challenge, and and Scotty took to Instagram after his team was announced to say that they're going to need Trey Young's help on all the floaters because they struggled from point-blank range in that one. If you you guys don't know what I'm talking about, take some time to Google Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, Rising Stars. It was hilarious. The two of them were so delightful and just so bad. And they have become, respectively, All-Stars, earned a ton of respect in this league. I love the redemption arc. I'm going Tyrese, Scotty, and Trey in the Skills Challenge.
3: Worth noting that Tyrese Max is the only true All-Star on that team because Barnes and Trey That's Young were good. I'm replacement not replacement All-Stars for the mm-hmm. East for Embiid and Julius Randle. Tell him I'm going to make a Nick Stauskas prediction here for his pick because he watches so much TJ McConnell Pacers that he's, he may select Team Pacers here.
5: The reason why I'm actually not going with because TJ is not on the team. Oh, well, one because TJ is not on the team, but then I also feel like, and this is nothing against uh, Miles Turner, I just don't think that Miles Turner is going to do as well in that setting of a skills challenge. My pick is team top picks, like I just think Boncaro, Edwards, Wembunyama. I think that's gonna, I think that group they're young, they're hungry, they're gonna want to show out. I think that's the group that's going to win. But I'm also kind of hoping for a Maxi win as well. So, Just not Team Pacers. Forget about Team Pacers.
3: I, I, I think Team Top Picks is going to win as well. And I think Wembenyama in the Skills Challenge is going to win social media.
5: Yeah, I think, I think, I think it, they specifically made that team to win. I think the NBA would like that as well, maybe. I'm just going to throw that out <laughs> They're up there. rigging the skills challenge. They're just stacking the deck in their favor. Uh, I don't know. Might be wrong on that. All right.
3: Final couple minutes here. Matt Murphy, Nick Stauskas, Lauren Rosen on Sixers and 60. The three-point contest. The field, and then our picks. Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Lowry, Markkanen, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, and
5: Trey Young. Who you got? My clear winner is going to be damian lillard repeat uh i just think it would be a repeat i just think that damian lillard is other than steph curry the best shooter in the nba and he doesn't get enough credit for it because steph has set the standard at a certain level um but i also think donovan mitchell and jalen brunson have a chance those are my runner-ups lauren
1: I got to go the same the same as Nick Stauskas, which makes for bad programming, oh, but we didn't consult. I looked at my watch and I saw, yep, mm-hmm, Dame time. I'm mm. going with Dame.
3: I have a stat for my pick of his teammate, Malik Beasley hey. of the Milwaukee Bucks, who is 51% on corner threes this season on the second most attempts, 135. And I feel like it always comes down to the, the corner racks and he's above 50% from the corner. And he's talked a lot about wanting to be in the three-point
1: contest. so in got, a pressure situation, Dame's shooting numbers this year famously down quite a bit from three, hovering around 34%. But he has experience in these high-pressure moments. And Matt, where in the NBA is there more pressure than All-Star Saturday night?
3: Maybe the dunk contest. No, the three-point contest is cool. But I was
1: kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: dunk contest, I'm going with the Mac McClung repeat narrowly over Jaime Jaquez Jr., who did beat current sixer K.J. Martin and current... Atlanta Falcons receiver Drake London in a high school basketball dunk contest,
5: but McClung repeat? No, I don't think I don't think he has enough new dunks to to win it. So I'm gonna go. He's got tons. I'm gonna go Jalen Brown only because I he was my teammate, and I just think it's cool that an All Star is finally agreeing to do it.
1: Nick and I again, we did not consult before this when we made the same picks, but I I picked it for a different reason. You mentioned an All Star participating in the dunk contest. It's been a minute. And in my opinion, if I were Jalen Brown, I wouldn't be the all-star to come back into the dunk contest if I didn't have some tricks in my bag. And so I'm excited to see what he was imagining when he decided, you know what? Yeah, I am going to do the dunk contest.
3: we shall find out. Thank you both. Sixers and 60, Tuesday nights at 6 on 97.5 The Fanatic. You can check out the 76ers Insiders podcast as well. Thanks to our producer, Tom Alvord, For Lauren Rosen and Nick Stauskas, I'm Matt Murphy. Thanks for listening.